Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Friday, October 27th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney and this is the show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. And I hope your Friday morning is off to a great start. I know I'm looking forward to a weekend. I finally got to finish cleaning this place and cleaning the garage behind me. And uh, once that's done, we'll be full steam ahead. So I hope your weekend has... Well, I hope you have better plans for your weekend than I do. But in any case, uh, thank you for tuning in this morning. It is 7.30 a.m. here on the East Coast. And uh, let's go ahead and get started by uh, with just a reminder. If you do enjoy these morning news updates, then please give us a like, give us a sub, and give us a share. It's a true fired way to expand our audience and find new vendors to cover and to come on our shows. And with that, I also want to thank our sponsor, Siemens has sponsored this week's episodes of shows, including today's, and I want to thank them. If you see anybody from Siemens, please thank them for sponsoring the Automation Morning Show and Independent Automation Journalism. And with that, uh, you can see here we're highlighting the MD34A. I actually have one in front of me. I worked on some more yesterday, captured some more video, and uh, we'll be releasing a first look on that hopefully uh, next week. So with that, we're going to go over to our first press release today. And this is about Rockwell Automation and Microsoft expanding their partnership to leverage generative AI. Now, what does this actually mean? Well, reading this article, the, the part I came to was um, where, and I had it highlighted and it became unhighlighted because of the, the things uh, Rockwell does with the interfering with the alt tab here. But in any case, I'll find it again. So. Um, this is going to be uh, generative AI that they're going to be trying to work into their design studio. And they're hoping that by doing this, yeah, here we can see here, their open AI service integrating it into design studio to help engineers. Uh, hopefully, uh, it will help them generate code using natural language prompts, automate routine tasks, and uh, improve design efficiency. I'm very interested to see that's how that's going to work and to see if, you know, veteran users of the software find it helpful or just find it a gimmick. Only time will tell. So it'll be very interesting to follow that. From there, we go over to Wago. Wago has a press release on the basic controllers. Now, we kind of looked at this earlier in the, um, was it this week or last week? Um, but there was no press release telling us what these, what these controllers were all about. Well, here's that press release. And basically, these, this, this new line of basic controllers, the basic controller 100, these are um, designed to be like entry-level controllers, like very affordable controllers that program with CodeSys 3.5, which is very powerful, so nothing entry-level there. And um, they come in two flavors. There's one, the most economical one is the 758,000, and then there's also one step up from that, the 758,001, which has an odd onboard SD card slot. So um, both of these have a two-port switched Ethernet port and or two Ethernet ports, that's a switch. And then um, they also support uh, protocols like Modbus TCP and Ethernet IP. So it didn't say anything about other pro, uh, protocols, but it does support those two. Now I have a picture up of what these look like. This is from that press release, that link in the press release. You can see here, this is the uh, 8001. It has the SD card slot. And uh, you can see it has this full terminal strip here, right? Uh, here's the 8000, right? So no terminal strip there, uh, no SD port, and then you bring in power here. So again, two, uh, they call them basic controllers, but if they're using CodeSys 3.5, they can do lots and lots of uh, stuff, right? 
So from there we go over to Nord. Nord has a new uh, update on their um, their drive systems designed for the bakery system. And I'm going to zoom in on this. So they're offering, you can see the products down here. If you're watching, these uh, look like all stainless steel products or um, at least food grade, food safe products. And uh, they have hygienic washdown housings and then wall or motor mounted variable frequency drives. So uh, interesting new products or highlighted products from Nord. We also have a highlighted product from Banner. Again, I don't think this is brand new because I've seen it, especially uh, when they were on the show, they had this in their slide presentation. But in any case, um, this is a asset monitoring gateway with cloud ID. So this gateway can monitor up to 40 wireless sensor nodes, right? And it can collect data and uh, do some preliminary uh, asset monitoring and analyzation of those sensors. So interesting product um, from Banner. From there, we go over to uh, theautomationschool.com and uh, products. We, we're filling in the rest of the, all the little pieces of products we can get our hands on for the upcoming hardware sections of our new courses. You can see they are all listed down here under the Ultimates. So we have Ultimate uh, SIC 500, PLC 5, uh, MicroLogix, ControlLogix, Micro 800, CompactLogix, and so on. So we're filling out everything we, we didn't have for those. And, uh, and every time something comes in, it has to be tested, right? And so um, yesterday, I was, I wanted to share this picture with you. Yesterday, I was like, well, I had time to test out the 1771 control net modules because I figured if we're going to do PLC5, we're, you know, we already do control net in our control logics course. So if we're going to do PLC5, why not do control net? We can control the control net IO with the PLC5. Now, I'm not a fan of doing it with the SLIC 500. I won't be covering that because I think the implementation is very difficult. But for the PLC5, I think the implementation was great. But to test this module out, this new ACN, uh, you know, I first I threw it in a chassis, a small four-slot chassis that was at two-slot address, a half-slot addressing, and it kept giving me an error and error. And I didn't want to change the chassis around because I have 32-point cards in it. So I took it out and I slammed it into the trainer we have here. Um, and it worked right out of the box. So then I, uh, I went over to the control logic. So I said, I'm just going to use my L6, see if I can get the lights blinking and get everything communicating real quick. And uh, I tell you, it was just, it was just, it's a good feeling when you can get something that you haven't touched for 20 years. And for me, that's 1771 control net. And you can get it working, like just up and running like that. And I'm so excited to include this in the PLC5 course and in the, the uh, control logics course. Not sure if I'm going to be able to find a compact logics with control net yet because uh, I've been on a lot of them, but um, I can't find any in our budget. So in any case, uh, very, uh, I just wanted to share that with you, a little update from what's going on at the automation school. And with that, we go over to an article from Umran. Now, this is talking about the three important considerations to ensure you are complying with the UDI mandate. Now, you may be saying, like I did, what is the UDI mandate? That's the, uh, the tablet making some noises. Maybe it's going to sleep. I don't know what it's doing. Um, but in any case, uh, you can see here in this article, they say since September... 24th, 2023, all newly labeled devices must comply with the latest unique device identification requirements set forth by the FDA. So if you are in that industry, and you will probably already have your, your devices already labeled, right? Um, but here in this article, they talk about the three things you need to check and ensure that you are to ensure you're complying with the requirement. They talk about the label must include all the required pieces of information. 
The labels should con contain the UDI in both human-readable and machine-readable formats. Did you know that um, in some states when you vote, the receipt you get is not human-readable, even though the law says it has to be? That's very important. You can see here the FDA requires that for the UDI as well. No receipt you get should ever not have the information human-readable because if it's not human-readable, they can fudge it. They can fudge the numbers on it, which they do, which people do. We know it. Um, and then labels and other markings should be compatible of withstanding typical environmental pressures. Very important, right? So the labels have to meet the environment that, uh, that they're going to be in, right? Otherwise, what would be the sense of putting a label on if it's just going to wash off? So I thought that was an interesting article. And then they end with a bunch of their barcode readers at the bottom. Uh, from here, Universal Robots has an article about ro robotic welding, excuse me, <coughs> robotic welding with cobots. And this article is actually kind of a history of uh, robotic welding, right? And I really enjoyed it. Um, they start off with uh, MIG welding, then they go into TIG welding, then they go into plasma and laser welding. And I thought it was a very interesting read. So if you're into welding or cobots, you may want to check this article out. <coughs> Excuse me again. From there, we go over the software toolbox. Now, if you're using their top server, this is an excellent article. Uh, about troubleshooting when communications aren't working. So definitely bookmark this if you are a user of there. I, I don't have a copy here. I'd love to get them on to uh, show it to us. But in any case, very in-depth article, very long article. I think it was well done. I mean, I never use the software. And I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing here. You know, they talk about, you know, logs and checking uh, licensing and checking, you know, just everything you have to go through to troubleshoot something like this. So in any case, I thought it was very well done. And I want to say hi to Daniel, who's in the chat. Daniel's from Kenya, so it's probably pretty late in the afternoon over there. So hope things are well down there in Kenya. Um, from there, we go over to our featured guide. In honor of our uh, sponsor, we're featuring our S7500 guide. And this morning, I wanted to focus in on three articles here that if you're using the S7500 or 1200, you may find helpful. Again, all 40 plus videos and articles in, these, in this S7500 guide, matter of fact, all 1,600 plus or 1,700 plus articles and videos at theautomationblog.com are completely free. And so the three we're focusing on today, these were submitted by freelancers for us. We have one about using the PID Compact Technology Object. We have one about using function blocks. And we have one about writing your first SEL code in TIA Portal. And um, check those out if you're using uh, TIA Portal, if you're using S7s. I think you guys will enjoy those. Um, also, if you want to write for us, you know, contact me directly over there. There's a contact link. And or if you have ideas for new articles, feel free to get in touch with me. From there, we go over to Electromate. They have a new article out. It's an introduction to motion controllers. Now, they sell Galil or Galil. Um, I don't know why I say Galil. I've heard so many people say that, but it looks like it's Galil, right? So in any case, um, this introduction to motion controllers, I thought it was very well. It's very basic, right, for maybe somebody new who's who has an electrical background, but maybe not a motion control background. Um, so I thought it was very well done. They kind of go through all the basics of motion control, what's important, you know, and all the things you need to know. And then they end it with links to some of the uh, Galil or Galil. You guys tell me, which way is it said? Maybe it's said different ways in different parts of the country. But in any case, um, they end with, uh, you know, just links to the products they're selling. But I thought the article itself was very, um, very good. And it, you don't have to, it didn't, it, it wasn't, specific to Galil. Um, it works. It, it's specific to motion. So from there, I, I included this article because I thought it was very interesting. 
you know, on this show, I've been talking about how I think a lot of people are using AI as this, you know, catchphrase, buzzword, marketing jargon, and that what we have today really is not artificial intelligence per se. It's really just better algorithms. And we've looked at articles that actually say that, you know, directly. That's, that's what we have today. It's not this magical Skynet thing, right, or the Matrix or anything like that. So in any case, uh, in this article, they talk about four real-world cases of AI success in industrial manufacturing. And this is from the Association for Advancing Automation, A3. And uh, as I read through these, I'm like, yeah, better algorithms, right? So I wanted to share with you, I wanted to know what you guys think. One is about, uh, uh, you know, giving a uh, pick and place system the ability to pick up chicken wings out of a pile. That, that really comes down to better, mo uh, better vision systems that can, you know, find things and, and differentiate between uh, different objects better. And we've had a course, I think I told, talked earlier in the week about having IFM and Belufon to talk about their latest uh, vision systems or uh, code readers. Um, another one had to talk about um, better analytics. So you can know, make better decisions with the data you're collecting. Another one talked about um, predictive maintenance, which has been around forever, right? So they're just getting better and better over time. And then I think the last one was simulations. So simulations, I, we've been building a, a digital twin here for uh, the automation school. And I went and tried some other products and I'm like, the product we're using is so great. A lot of these, uh, these uh, I'll call them sub $100 products that are designed for the engineer, not for an engineering firm, right? A lot of them don't have the features you really need to create a, a, a working digital twin. But the one package we've been spending most of our time in does, it lets you input products. It has a huge library of products already in it. It has some scripting in it. So I wanted to do some things to make, um, you know, without the PLC involved, I wanted this to cause that. And I was able to do that with scripting, even though the scripting language to me was a little um, awkward, but it's, I was still able to get it done through some trial and error. But in any case, I, that's, a, that's a huge thing that's happening today is the digital twins, right, of, of systems. And um, you hear that talked about a lot. So I don't know that any of these are really, truly artificial intelligence. They just seem like the next generational leap in these products. But you tell me what you think. Uh, from there, we go to uh, updates. we got new firmware for the ET200 ISP IM1521PN. So that's your interface module. And then we have new manuals from Rockwell. We get two. We get the guard link. Now, if you're not familiar with the guard link, I'll go down here to page 11. We'll pull up a picture of it. And you can see that's this guy right here, this little black, it looks like a block IO or on machine IO. And you can see how it goes out to all these uh, safety guard products, or I guess guard master products. Uh, we also have a new manual from Rockwell on advanced trust, I'm sorry, advanced trusted SIS workstation software. As I started reading through this, it looked like an instruction set reference to me. I'm not familiar with advanced, but if you use it, this is an 800 plus page manual. So you may want to grab this. Uh, from there, I do want to thank our sponsor, Siemens, for sponsoring all of this week's episodes and, uh, and tomorrow's uh, uh, show, the uh, Automation This Week, where I take all the shows from this week and make it one video. And so um, I really want to thank them. If you see anybody from Siemens, please tell them thank you for sponsoring the Automation Morning Show. And uh, also, uh, we were just talking about, hey, what is, what's your opinion? Feel free to send in the talkback uh, form and let me know what you think, and uh, we'll share it with the audience. 
Um, from there, we go over to automation.locals.com. This is what I use instead of the automation forums, which I closed down because it was just inviting people, you know, the drop and run type of, you know, very wordy uh, technical questions, and then they would never read your answers. So we closed that down. We're using automation.locals.com. Um, you can follow us here for free. We're closing in on 1,300 followers. I want to thank everybody who, who followed us this week. Uh, there was a lot of you. And uh, if you decide you want to join and do some Q&A with me, feel free to. It's The price is like two bucks a month. So um, in any case, I wanted to thank everybody who signed up there. And I also want to thank everybody who picked up a copy of my eBooks, coffee cups, uh, video collection. I saw a new video collection go out um, and T-shirts. Really appreciate it, guys. Every penny of profit goes right back into the site and show. And from there, just a reminder that every single link from all 130 plus, 135 plus shows we've done this year, you will find at automate.news. No www.no.com. It's just automate.news. And uh, all the links are up there. Today's links will be up in a little while after I finish doing the weekend show, Automation This Week. And um, then you guys can uh, find them all. You can filter all the links from... July forward, um, the early ones are just on a whole, on their own, a page of their own. They're up here, but they're just on a page of their own. So in any case, with that said, we get some, uh, some more chats coming in here. And uh, the question is, can I get some free training materials? Absolutely. Over at the automationblog.com, you will find over 1,700 free articles and videos. And we've had several of our readers write in and saying, Hey, I learned how to program PLCs from all your free content. Now, I know most of those videos are on YouTube and other sharing sites, but what you're not getting on those sites is all of the articles. And we have hundreds and hundreds of articles, step-by-step -step articles. A lot of times they go along with the videos. So in any case, if you're looking for free training, especially for those of you who are, you know, maybe in the third world, not the first world, and you don't have the income that we have over here, where our kids are buying a new video game every month for $50 or $60, you know, you may think a training cost for 50 or $60 is just beyond your means, right? Do not fear. We have over 1,700 free articles and videos at theautomationblog.com. Costs you nothing to go over there and look at it. And if you, uh, if you want to learn on a particular subject, right, we took dozens and dozens of hours uh, this summer to organize our top 16 products uh, that we cover into learning guides. So just click on the guide link at the top of the site and you'll see all the products we have learning guides on. And these are ordered by what you need to know first and then more advanced topics later and then updates to topics at the end. So if you're looking for free training, check that out. We spend hundreds of dollars each month to keep that site going so we can provide free training. And we also interview new vendors every single week as well. So it's not just, you know, how-tos. It's like what's new as well. So in any case, I hope that answers your question. Please check it out. 1,700, over 10 years worth of documentation and videos up there. So check it out. And with that, I'm, I know the rest of you probably already knew that. So I apologize for belaboring that point. But I did want to answer that question that came in. And so at this point, I want to wish you all an awesome weekend and encourage you to stay courageous and stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.